each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your hosts, Keith Barney. Mike and Deglio. Yeah. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. That get fat line now applies to my cat. Ah, I love you, cat. Here is the gift of feline diabetes. <laughs> and welcome to the Out of Practice podcast, a weekly podcast in which we discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are just barely near the end of season five, talking about season five, episode 21, Poor Richard's Almanac. I can't believe we are almost done season five. We, um, it's it's a lot going on. It's snowing. Uh, I, I as I referenced, my you know the new cat Charlie is working his way up to obesity in the first week that he got here. <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of him. Uh, how's it going, Mike? It's going, man. It's going well, man. Uh, words escape me. Your cat is very cute. Uh, We've got Mr. Didi getting his dental surgery next week, so we'll keep you posted oh, on that. Oh, how exciting. In the interim. People have really now just come for the hot, hot cat content. So it's basically, we're just a cat podcast now. It's working that he's, way. He's I right mean. behind me. Where is he? Oh, I was right the first time. Yeah, he's yeah, sleeping he's on, the, on mm-hmm. his far chair, which is his. He has claimed <laughs> it as his, and he literally just goes there when I'm uh, talk- on the computer, and he's sick of bothering me. Why don't we go ahead and uh, let the people know that hmm. new cat Charlie, new new Charlie, old Charlie has an Instagram and they should be following him. Oh, sure. Of course. You can follow uh, Charlie Jr. at Charlie Jr. the cat on Instagram. And I update that uh, much like more frequently I want to be successful as opposed yeah. to my own or <laughs> oopses or any yeah. of my other 500 things. Yeah, it is. I, uh, I think. Charlie has grown more in uh, followers than than anything I've ever done, because clearly uh, people don't want me. They want my dumb cat. Now, remind me, because I have the brain of an old, <laughs> old man. I don't mm-hmm. believe that sweet, sweet BB, uh, the dear departed blind puggle, was alive yes. at all during the run of Oops, right? Uh, I don't think think so yeah i, I don't. mean it's probably like right a- around when we were starting it was the cusp yeah so you know tor- the last year of her life last two years of her life or whatnot we had decided because quick primer we had a pug um who was uh who got this kind of awesome r- awesome random sort of disease that is sort of in the early phases of kind of being understood called sards with a d uh and she just went blind instantly, and we were all panicked mm. that she was gonna like hide under the bed. And long story short, she was 
she lived her life like she didn't even know. She learned how to walk around a story park. She learned how to get around the apartment with like no vision whatsoever. So we decided that we were going to like I was going to write a children's book, which I haven't done. I sh- I should still do that. And also you should. And also uh start an Instagram so we could kind of bring awareness to her or whatnot. And like you said, Keith, instantly it's still growing. I, I you know when she died, I Is got it sad. Really? Yeah, when I when she died, I got sad and I just like un you know, we don't update it anymore and I don't even have it on my phone anymore, but I did check in relatively recently and she's, you know, it's like 6,000 followers. And, uh, oh my God. I know I should probably hijack that account and use it because it's got Absolutely. followers. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think BB would want you to promote out of practice on her Instagram. <laughs> you know, the content on this channel has taken a turn. <laughs> it's really just like, that went from cute to like, what's going on here? Do they need help? Yeah, so... uh uh, I, I hope that we can solve the problem eventually of what the hell's happening with Skype recently. Like, for weeks, for months almost, you didn't delay. But now you delay all the time. And I, I can't quite figure it out, but I Do will I? eventually. Yeah, it, it it clicks in and out. But uh, whatever. That That is neither here nor there. Is anybody really watching me that carefully? I can tell you that I am not. And that's really no. that's really all I know. Um, so you, so we should talk about. You also have a new addition to the family. You want to, you want to introduce your new addition? Yeah, you know, I should have put a picture, and I didn't. It doesn't really matter. It's gray. But so you know, we've been driving a Honda Fit. We've lived in New York City for all the years, and so the when we bought that car, we had traded a Jeep in after D- Jen's dad had passed away, and uh, we just you can't have a Jeep in New York City. That's just a. It was a Grand Cherokee. This thing was huge, awesome car, but. So when we bought our 2012 Fit, our only sort of thing was, our only criteria was small, very small, small. Right. And, and, and mission accomplished. Yes. It was a small car. I could park it anywhere. I could park that car anywhere. Anyhow, uh, the only the biggest issue it had was that if you hit a tiny bump or a little pothole, the tires exploded. Um, <laughs> they were like 15-inch tires or and they also were stolen quite frequently, so the tires were an issue on the Honda. So we uh, moved to Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't plan on being here forever. Uh, we probably will move back into the satellite New York State uh, area. You're move to our neighborhood so we Perhaps. can hang out more. Perhaps. Um, so this is a temporary, but you know we travel a lot. We have a cabin upstate. We're going to be coming to Pennsylvania nonetheless. Within my first four months here now, I hit two potholes and... Not, but last week I had another pothole and I got another slow leak in my tire. So every two days Ugh. I was having to put air in the tire and I was like, F this. Our options yeah. are as follows. We're going to go uh, invest in like a $1,200 set of snow, t- snow tires and right. ch- change them onto the car every year and find someone who will store them for us in the off season. Right. Or we're about to hit 90,000 miles on our car. Let's see what equity we can get out of it and just bite off the car payment and get a new car. So we started shopping around, shopping around, shopping around. Settled it down between the HRV, the Honda HRV. Jen likes a smaller car, but I want it all-wheel drive if we're going to do this thing. So we settled between the HRV, the Honda HRV, and the the Hyundai Kona. Uh, I what's nice about the internet right now is I pit like four dealerships against one another. Uh, ultimately, the Honda HRV is a step up size-wise from the fit, which we had. Uh, we mm-hmm. went from cat content to car content, baby. Yeah. But it uses the same, cars. the same engine and drivetrain as the fit. So, like, it drove, like, 
uh, it was struggling. Struggle bus. Be- yeah. Nice car, beautiful. I've always had a Honda. But Hyundai made a really sweet offer to us. We decided to buy a, it's a brand new car. It's a 2021 Kona. Damn. It had 32 miles on it when I bought it. It's got remote start. It's got all the techie features, you know, your like lane keep well, assist. All the tech nerd stuff, yeah. Uh, I did the stupid thing you shouldn't do. Yeah, focus up. Yeah, that is just a blur. Yeah. Well, in, enjoy this blurry photo because I can't uh, have it automatically focus without taking off Advil cam. <laughs> oh God, so. I forgot about Advil cam. <laughs> uh, regardless, you know, it also I did the I. It can basically drive itself if you're on the highway, which is cool. I'll never use that because it's I still don't like that feeling, but. Um, Jen's happy, and you know, Keith, I think all, any any spouse out there knows that that's really all that matters. Um, Truly. And, and now I, you know, owe all the money. Oh, I have to say, though, everybody was really pleasant, really nice, but I've never met a, 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 a car finance person who doesn't hate their life. So we had a great experience. We got, it turns out, oh, big win was I found out my credit, I have, my credit has made a, a, the comeback, a Rocky style comeback, like Harlem Bassett, baby. You know, yeah. the, about five years ago, I was in struggle bus credit territory, and I've worked fairly decently to uh, diligently to get it back, and I'm back up into the seven seven thirties or whatever, which is oh, good um, job. Nice for, for where I came from is is really kind of bad. Anyway, point of the story is we get everything done. We the, it was it was a done deal. We just had to sign the paperwork. Now clearly, we go into the the finance manager's office to sign paper and you know they're going to try to upsell like their extended warranty and all that crap. So I was right. up front and I was like, hey, look, I just gave you all my money for my down payment. Uh, we're not buying anything else. But she still proceeds to do her thing. Keith, she's wearing sweatpants, uh, which <laughs> could also potentially have been PJs. I, they were like fuzzy. It, they were either, they were not work appropriate. Uh, Ugg boots, like a Christmas flannel, disheveled, did not want to be there on a Saturday, was not rude, but so apathetic. And it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you're selling me a, a, a expensive car, and this is what I'm getting? And you know me. Well, I try to lay on the humor. I wanted to crack oh, this no, egg. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. And I could not do it. Jen's kicking me because she thinks it's hysterical. And then she tops it off with my favorite. You know, we owned our last car outright at the time, and so we had a title, and we gave her the title, and just not even thinking, I say, well, when, do you mail us the new title? And she goes, honey, you don't get the new title until you own the car. And I was like, oh, because I forgot we were financing it. Obviously, the bank keeps the title or whatever. It was so rude. And so whatever, I was like, oh, my God. I wish I was rich enough to just like walk up and be like, you know what? Oh, we won't be needing the car. Like like pretty woman, at, like you made a very, very yeah. big mistake. I couldn't yeah. do that. But anyway, 20 minutes in, we're talking about cats and cars. It, Long story short, it's snowing today. I'm excited to actually like make see if I the oh man, I tried to also convince Jen to let us upgrade to the 1.6 turbo liter engine. <laughs> it was like a couple thousand dollars more. There's no way it was worth it or we were gonna do yeah. it, but I tried. I gave a pitch. But oh, then Jen okay. test drove the car and she's driving like eleven miles per hour, as Jen tends to do. And the salesperson was like, So I'm guessing you aren't going to need that. The salesperson <laughs> knew they're like, nobody's using a turbo engine. So I was like, Yeah, okay. Um Anyhow, so that's what we have to say. I guess we should move on uh, and hear what our friends have to say, Keith. In a little segment we call... Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. Filings and Subpoenas. 
just a couple of uh, quick things. Uh, first off, from our uh, official historian and founding sponsor, Jorge Novoa, commented, <laughs> he says, if someone started an out-of-practice, out-of-context Twitter, Instagram, we would have a great line for this episode. Keith, in his stern voice, get your mouth off that nozzle, which took me a while. It was out of context even for me. I had to figure out what the heck I was talking about, but now I remember it was the girl on the water fountain. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, terrifying because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, it's dicey enough in context for me, let alone out of context. Uh, and also... A uh, Grunch LK on YouTube pointed out about last uh, week's Harlan Bassett episode. This is my favorite episode of The Practice. And yes, I cried every time I watch it. And I I don't disagree. Nope. Like, I'm, I'm with you 100%. And if my, if my cold, hard uh, heart weren't dead, uh, I would have as well. Jen did not cry, but she, uh, she was enthralled by my enthusiasm as you know i i flipped out at the uh, during the uh, when we were getting the cross examination last week and she requested that i get more invested into real life things as i do during uh, watching <laughs> <laughs> episodes of this tv show with you on the internet so that uh <laughs> yep <laughs> nailed it Nailed it. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, if you would like to uh, give us any advice about life and how to be more invested in it, you can email us at out of... Oh, I'm getting a work getting a work call. I, I can't take it. I can't take it. I'm podcasting. Yeah, I mean, that's, we, that's things that are important here, people. I mean, honestly. All right. Uh, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. You can check out our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. And while you're out there putting things on the internet, please, please do us a huge favor. Join the jury. Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Uh, we will be so grateful. Uh, it doesn't really happen very much. And when it does, uh, Mike and I do a little dance. So mm -hmm. perhaps uh, next time it happens, we will do the dance live on air for you. So uh, there it is. Now, we have a very important segment uh, that Mike want to bring up. It's wait, our loudest segment. No, wait. It is our loudest segment, and it is one that you asked for. It's entitled... Oh! <laughs> the last 30 seconds of podcasting was not great. No, I got a phone call. You requested this segment. It didn't happen. Why not, though? It's supposed to. I, I don't I'm know. Still getting I used, mean, I'm trying the Elgato stream deck and it's partially <laughs> successful, but 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 not particularly useful in this. Um... Oh, you know why? I know why. You know, what? I, I would like to know why we keep doing these things, because the vast majority of our audience is audio only. And yet we spend so much time talking about the visuals just because we're we're doing yeah. Keith, ro roll it again. Oh, here we go. There you go. Waste. 
of time. That, you know what? That could be your rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll happily <laughs> we will read it and we will do our dance. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, I do have a couple of things I wanted to talk about quickly. Um, first things first, uh, y'all know sometimes we do a, a a segment called Back in Time True Crime, and I also love to watch my true crimes. So. I uh, was watching a little Netflix thing called uh, Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which is kind of blowing up the Netflix right now. It is a four-part documentary. Thank God, because some of these seven, eight-parters is just too much. It is a fascinating tale that you will remember uh, because it went viral some years ago. This uh, this uh, travel, this woman who was traveling from Canada, uh, she was staying at the Cecil Hotel, which is a notorious hotel for a ton of crime and murders uh, because of its location in the Skid Row area of L.A., downtown L.A., uh, was also sort of fictionalized in the American Horror Story Hotel series. Hmm. And uh, also, you know, fam- Richard Rodriguez, or uh, Rodriguez, the, 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 the serial killer, stayed there for a while. Long story short, this girl disappears. And it is, the, uh, it is both about the case itself the mystery itself, the video, the viral video of her in the elevator that has kind of took over the internet at the time, and also then comments on your internet sleuths, which we've dealt with before uh, in the Netflix documentary universe with the Don't F With Cats series. Right. That looked at the uh, the internet sleuth community with a more of a positive lens. This kind of gives the a bit of a look at the flip side, some of the... Some of the ways that things can get out of hand, Keith, when random people on the internet uh, start meddling, I won't use the word term meddling, start uh, punditry on c- cases that they don't have the full scope of. What? Who Who in this world would just start talking and making opinions on the internet unsolicited, un, uh, unfactual? And unofficial, and just talk about all sorts of cases just out of nowhere. Who would do that? Unknown. Unknown. Now, mm. I have some criticisms in that it I don't wanna I don't wanna just I do recommend it. I think it is definitely interesting enough and a and a conversation starter enough and worth four hours of your life. However, it's one of those things where once and there is a resolution, there is Okay. a, a fair resolution. But it's one of those things where it's clear that they structured the story so that you got per- certain pertinent information at the very end to bring to a resolution. Which that, otherwise would have ruined the whole thing. Not Yes, ruined. I don't know, ruined. It's still an interesting exploration one way or the other. But you start to make these certain guesses and assumptions that you would never have made had you known this kind of information. Right, because they, they because the filmmakers already knew the answer. Yeah, they back-ended it. Yeah. Which yeah. I suppose serves to sort of illustrate what the internet sleuths were doing. So I'll, which is why I forgive it. I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that it's a device. Yeah, well, it's storytelling. I mean, even though it's a documentary series, you're still a storyteller and you're still trying to figure out how to package this this information in a compelling way. It's not a news report. It's a documentary. It's storytelling. Okay. Yeah. 
so anyhow, uh, that's worth a watch. And I would like to put a plea out to our listeners. If you've got any sort of recommendations, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fiending for a good uh, crime documentary series or in, in I've, I've watched a lot of them, so you know it's, yeah. it's going to be rough to uh, find one I haven't seen. But if you've got anything that you kind of think was under the radar that you've really enjoyed, why don't you write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com, let us know, or just tell Phoenix Cage on YouTube and he'll tell us. All right. So that's, Interesting. The, that's okay. one thing. The other thing I wanted to touch base about is a little random is that uh, I am an avid Jeopardy watcher. My wife and I watch every night. We play every night. We have our own set of rules and just enjoy it. We were heartbroken when uh, Alex Trebek passed away recently, uh, and we just just a week or two ago were able to bring ourselves to watch his final week of episodes, which mm. were really beautiful. And uh, they just uh, Ken Jennings, who was the interim host, uh, just finished his run, uh, and now they're going to have the executive producer host for a few weeks, and then they're going to start bringing on these celebrity guests, uh, Katie Couric. Uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. I think we might have talked about this, but Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, a few other people. Uh, I have to say, I hope, and and I could be surprised. They might find somebody great. I do hope, perhaps, that Ken Jennings is brought back full time because he actually was perfect. He, you know, during his the run of his show, people were kind of thought maybe he was a little egotistical. Some things from his past have his some tweets, some ill. Tasteful tweets have popped up. Who amongst us, right? Uh, it seems love, people love digging into the past tweets these days. Long story short, he had the right amount of humor, the right amount of cheering on the contestants, the right amount of empathy towards Alex. He thanks him at the end of every episode. He really grew into the part, and I just, I believe he's a good choice. Now, Alex wanted a female host to take over, and, you know, maybe there's a great... Maybe we're going to see. So I'm open-minded, but I wanted to throw a shout-out to, uh, on, on the behalf of Jeopardy fans, uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. And then finally, Keith, uh, it's uh, Oscar screener season. Oh, yes it um, is. So whether you happen to be a member of SAG or you have someone in your life who's a member of SAG, uh, it is that time of year. It's interesting because this is a year where many of the pictures were, were released on streaming services, be it HBO Max or Hulu or whatnot. Right, right. They're already there, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to uh, to jump in and maybe we'll we'll dedicate another uh, more TV to discuss some movies we enjoyed this year because uh, there have been some good ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel... I, I never watch enough of the movies for the Oscars to like matter until later. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, retroactively, I, I had a stake in that. But I need to, uh, I, it, it's it's funny because you you think you have all this extra time yep. to watch movies or whatever. And I think because of the nature of why we have all this time and the world is weird and blah, 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 blah. I just kind of want to consume garbage. Yeah, like, I can't really focus on a good movie. I want to watch something bad because I don't have the full mental capacity to devote to it. Uh, but when those, but when I'm in the mood to, you watch alone, uh, right? We've talked about uh, this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We just started the, the, rec- series, the most yeah. recent season, season seven, I think. I don't think I've seen seven. Oh, was seven was the one where the the the, the past returnees came in? No, this is all another no. new. So maybe I'm I might be a season behind still, but this I think 
You might be ahead of me because I, 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 the last one I saw was the season six, which is the one up in the Arctic. Yes, this which seven I is also the in the one, Arctic. Frankly. Is like is is the is the, I think they knew they hit 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 on Sims Gold with that. So anyway, uh, that is I think all I have to say on that. If we want to transition into something else, some some something else, something uh, perhaps uh, like hopping back into the time machine, back to May sixth. 2001, which was the night that season five, episode 21 of The Practice, Poor Richard's Almanac aired. And uh, I want to know, what were you doing? This day in the basement. Nailed it. <clears throat> you did. Well done. Uh, uh, don't, I'm messing up. I said to, uh, he, what did I say right before the episode, Keith? I was like, maybe the, we won't screw it up again. God damn it. <clears throat> you should know better. I know. We're like 150 episodes into this damn thing. Not, not quite, but a lot. I, I think you... Have you updated your Skype recently? Have I? I don't think so. I think that we, we might be... That might be our issue. Uh, you're like... It, you're all over the place today. Nobody cares. Sorry. I'm doing the thing again. Nope. Um, no, I okay. don't care. I, I, I'm, all I do is watch myself. <laughs> and even I'm not noticing. Oh, my God. We are a mess today. Yeah, well, because it's fine in Skype. It's just the NDI transfer over to... Uh, I think they might have fixed some NDI bugs on the Skype side. Anyhow, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, we're about we're like two days from when uh, my dad comes home from the hospital, and we like set him up. Uh, interestingly, though, though we talked about that a little bit last week, uh, that I'm very happy with the way kind of the the last bit of his life went. However, you know, I think like in his perfect universe. When he came home, he was going to get to, like, you know, watch TV and do some things and blah, 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 blah. I don't think he realized how rapidly things would shut down when he came off the dialysis. Uh, mm. Or maybe he just didn't want to know, you know. Uh, so because when he comes home, it's it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's hospice care. And so it's a lot of morphine and basically in a coma until uh, you mm. pass away. But right before, we still had, like, a week or so uh, where he was still in the hospital and... They had started the kind of like comfort morphine and stuff, but he was still on the dialysis. And so we had talked briefly a bit how like a lot of people at end of life kind of have that little window of time. And this was a good window of that time. And what was really kind of heartening for me at the, you know, it's no surprise. I've talked about it on the podcast a bunch that my parents, um, at least for the majority of my growing up, didn't really have a loving sort of relationship, at least not outwardly expressed. And, mm. you know, my mom to this day, I wish she would agree to go to therapy because a lot of, she has a lot of anger and, and resentment, understood, but she just can't work through it, you know? And so she's not able to look at any of the positives of my dad as like a human being. Uh, and it was just sad for us because we can't share on that with her. Um, but at this period of time, she had... She was in a place where she could, and so this week was there was a lot of sort of sentiment and uh, fun back and forth, and all five of us were together. And you know that this what we guess we couldn't contemplate at the time because my brother had been home from school; he had graduated at this time, I think, and my sister was in high school, and I was sort of floating, and so we were all together. And this would be the last time in our lives we would be together. And I'll talk more about that next week. And, uh, you know, there was one time I, in particular, I, I can't really tell the punchline of this story, um, but I'll just kind of give it then just like a brief 
general overview. I'll save it for another podcast someday. Um, we were all in the hotel room, and my mom and my dad, you know, out of nowhere, it was kind of bizarre, was like, are you going to get remarried, he says to my mom. She's like, oh, who would want me? I'm 40-some years old, and uh, no, I guess she was in her 50s. I'm 50-some years old. I've got three kids, blah, blah, blah. My dad goes, I would. And it was like record scratch because mm. that was not a thing. And it was like three beats of like nobody even knew what to say. It kind of sucked all the air out of the room. It was so kind of like loving, which is, mm. you know. And I will say the last couple of years of my dad's life, he he did, he became much more affectionate towards us, mm -hmm. really, but not so much her. And... uh. I'll say it to the you know great husband or great father, uh, questionable husband. Um, uh, but then he followed it up with a, a punchline, which diffused the situation. And uh, you know, my dad was a um, it, some of his faults was that he was not a the most uh, uh, he had some issues uh, with uh, <laughs> language. Anyway. Uh, so I'll save the end of that story, but he he broke the tension with some comedy. But you know, and I I see myself in that moment, not with his choice of words, but more with, you know, that's how I diffuse situations, right? I if I'm uncomfortable right. in any way, I, I go right to jokes. And it's it's looking back now, it's it's like oh my god, how there are so many there. I'm much like him in many many ways, and it's uh, it's fun looking back and, and recognizing that. And so this is it. Yeah, this is the kind of the last. A bit, and then next week, uh, we'll almost to the day actually of the episode. It's really close. Uh, we'll talk about. Um, I'm happy to share the last few moments because you and I, uh, you're a, a full on atheist. I'm a little more agnostic, I think, but neither of us is a would, would be considered a holy roller. I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that seems fair. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but this is one of two instances in my life where. I I have a bit of um you know I at least coincidentally we're sort of really in, interesting. I, I don't want to say it's not spiritual. I, I you'll we'll talk about it next week and and you know uh I'm glad that certain things went the way they went at least um at least anecdotally. Uh and we'll talk about it. And so yeah, that's where we are. I'm uh, uh you know it's so nice actually talking here now. I'm realizing like I'm much more at peace with this than I, mm. then sometimes I think I am because talking about it, I, I feel like, you know, the story, at least this part of the story, I recall. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's, it's very present and it's very, I know that it's how it happened because so much of the rest of the details of things are jumbled and out of place and completely out of synch uh, chronology. But here, at least, I have a fairly good firm. I have a firm hold of a few weeks, so I feel good about that. Well, it's interesting. You you talk about yourself like you you're so like messed up on this, or or it's unavailable to you, or like whatever. And and you know, talking to you through this process, and and also you know, a fair amount off camera about it. Like I think you're like <laughs> you're having a pretty normal and understandable and pretty reasonable and measured response at least today i mean mm -hmm. yeah you know it's tw it's 20 years later but like i think um like I, I don't know like everything that you're saying seems reasonable and grounded and connected and healthy 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I totally agree. I mean, I've, I've worked on it, you know. Yeah. I guess my, you know, I don't, I no longer, be through therapy, I no longer really regret a lot of that guilt or a lot of the feelings I had at the time. The things I regret today are that, and, and underst- understanding, like I, I have empathy for myself, but is some of my early 20s, when I first moved to New York in my early career, we've talked about some of our wasted opportunities in our careers before, but yeah. in my early career, I let this experience define me a lot more than I wish I had. Because here, as a 40-year-old man who, look, everybody's parents die. In 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 some people, normal, some people, tragic, whatever right. it is. Uh, it's It doesn't define me anymore. It's a part of who I am, but it's not a defining characteristic, you know? In my right, because right. it happened when I was young and I was seeking uh, recognition of it from people because I wasn't getting it from my personal family. I made it more of an identity of myself than I wish I had because it. I think it it made me a, a sad person. You know, it's it's really interesting because I'm watching. I just finished season four of uh, the West Wing, and mm. spoiler alert for season four of the West Wing. By the way, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Aaron Sorkin went out with a bang, right? You said he stopped writing he after sure season four. Yeah, the yeah, whole season four is the, the whole, last one. The yeah. whole kidnapping thing was absolutely epic, and then the exploration of the Twenty Fifth Amendment was like, whoa, yeah, especially yeah. in context. Anyhow, you know, Toby's ex-wife at this point says to him, "I can't remarry you because you're just sad all of the time," and yeah. you're just too sad. That's a, one of the most devastating lines ever written, I think. And I recognize that if for a portion of my early 20s, I snapped out of it a bit, for a portion of my early 20s when I was, should have been in New York just being and living and, and finding myself, I was just too sad. And you can't go back and take it back, and it's understandable, but I recognize that those few years were, um, yeah. you know, anyhow. Well, I, I don't think there's, I mean, of course you were. Yeah. I mean, and, and who, who, who wouldn't be, what kind of, like you would have to be some sort of a sociopathic monster to not have that, have had a gigantic effect on you. And, you know, you weren't sad as a person like Toby has written. You were sad because something sad happened. (laughs) You know, it's like, well, duh. And like, of course it fucked up a couple of years. Who wouldn't have that fuck up a couple of years? That's true. You know, that's just like, it's just what it is. Like you shouldn't feel. I mean, I get it. I, I, I get the regret. I get that all of those things. You know, and I, and for me, I have, I've had the same sort of thing hold back my career, and it wasn't sad. Wasn't the right word, but the the shit from my past holds me back in specific ways, and there are times in which that is very present and sort of pulling more strings than in other times. And, uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like you, of course you shut down. Jesus Christ. And, and because I knew you not that far after that, yes, you were sad, you know? And yes, that was a big part of your life, but that was not your identity. You know, if I, if I had described Mike and Deglio in 2003, right? I would not have started with he's sad right? because of this tragedy that happened. It would be like, hey, he's this really nice guy. He's talented. He's a hell of a guitar player. You know, he's, he's fun to hang out with. We could talk. He's a, he's a nerd like me. We talk about shit like that. Oh, and also his, you know, he's, he's dealing with that. 
you know, like he's he's in love with this girl and whatever. Like he's 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 always a little bit heartbroken, perhaps with the ladies until uh, always. until always <laughs> until the <laughs> until that sorted itself out in a spectacular fashion. You know, but we I, never, not- I never explored in therapy. But this podcast is off the rails. I never, never ex- we're never on it. Yeah, I, I never really got to explore therapy. I've actually been off for like almost a year now, which I need to get back. I just, it, I hate doing it on the phone, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's tough. It's weird. Um, you know that that sadness that I never had an output for. I, I feel like I might have poured it into the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Like of I use use those relationships to sort of supplant that hole in me that I was trying to fill up. And so often found the wrong ladies. Uh, of course. Well, and that's and and I, I I understand that completely too because you you pick somebody who is going to fill that hole, and and not necessarily in a positive way, not necessarily in a way that's even related to the the hole in the first place, but mm-hmm. that is just going to create enough uh, enoughness, so as you don't have to think about that. And don't have to deal with that. And so we pick people who take up a lot of space. You know and what would uh, be awesome? Hmm. If we segued into more discussion of cats. <laughs> I feel like we need to get back to the feline podcast. You totally bailed us out of that. <laughs> Hooray. So, uh. As 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 I've you know talked about and introduced Charlie back on the the, the uh, Charlie Junior on the podcast uh, at CJ Junior, if you will the to, cat to coin a, uh, a West Wing yes yes at Charlie Junior the cat on Instagram uh, and I was going through old photos as I frequently do to try to remember any of this and I found two that were taken on exactly this day May sixth two thousand and one and that is Charlie Senior uh, at my parents' house. And if you look at this picture and the next one, you will notice the poor guy has a big injury on his face. Oh yeah, uh, and that that was it, it happened a couple of times. He was an, in an indoor outdoor cat at my parents' house, which you know it's a it, it's a trade off because it the cat it's great for the cat. He had 65 acres of forest and a pond and fields to play with and run around and kill things. And he was, uh, you know, lived a long and happy life as a result. But every once in a while, you come out of the woods, you've tangled with something you shouldn't shouldn't have tangled with. And so this isn't even the, the bad one that I remember where he had like half of his face torn off or whatever. I, I, we got to know our vet really well, who did a lot of repair work on poor Charlie. Uh, but he is now, he's recovering from something. <laughs> I forget what it was. They had to shave it down and, uh, and do some, do some repair there. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, he was, uh, it, it's, it's shocking how much he looks like he's right, right behind me. Where? Hey, Charlie. He's cleaning. Come he's here. taking a bath, man. Come here, bud. No, he's not going to come here. <laughs> anyway, they are still pretty much identical and uh Charlie Jr will not be an indoor outdoor cat. No. Uh but I was really psyched to see uh what the uh what senior was doing exactly uh 20 years ago. That's or, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, he was he was such a good guy. I mean, I could go on, I could do a whole new podcast about Charlie Senior. Uh but this was uh, as what he did, and he he was so bad, especially in his early days of running around and killing things, that he and his sister Bigfoot 
we had to hang bells around their neck to give the woodland creatures a fighting chance, which they were not thrilled about. Anyway, uh, so that's it. Now let us uh, continue forward. What are we doing? Are we doing a podcast about something? Maybe. About anything like specific or uh, I I forget what our topic is. Come on, soundboard. Here we go. Let's talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. And we are again talking about May 6th, the year 2001. The number one hit continued to be All For You by Janet Jackson. Here is a bass cover. Of uh, All For You. The top movie was The Mummy Returns. What? I believe that was the top movie. That was the top movie. Well, I think we at some point we covered The Mummy was the top movie for a previous. Mummy Returns uh, is The Rock's like big screen debut, right? Or was that? No, that was Scorpion King. Oh, that was the third movie. Why do I know that? I don't think I've I haven't even seen it. Was the two still with Brendan Fraser? It was still, yeah. It was still Brendan Fraser. Uh, Yeah, so there you go. The cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about laying blame for milk costs, which uh, there was... uh, I I think I remember something about this. I I think from Vermont's standpoint, the problem were the cost of milk was too low. And so the farmers were not able to make any money. Now in Vermont, Keith, where do, what do we tap in order to get the milk. What do we tap? Uh, udders, oh, cows. Okay. Great. Yeah, it, it doesn't come from a different place. It doesn't okay. doesn't come from a tree or a rock or something. It's just the regular way. They're just, uh, you know, Vermont cows. All right, thank you very much, fake Janet. It's now time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. In game six of the conference semifinals, Glenn Murray of the Los Angeles Kings scored the only goal of the game in the second overtime at Staples Center, setting up game seven. One more chance for former Bruins Ray, captain Ray Bork to keep playing in his 21st and final season to finally win the first Stanley Cup. Stay tuned to see if the miracle finale happens. This was the uh, this was the year. Uh, just a, very quickly, if you're a Bruins fan or a hockey fan, Ray Bork was the captain of the Bruins for 20 years. Uh, started playing when he was 18, uh, and but the last two seasons of his career, he'd never won a Stanley Cup, and uh, the Bruins were bad at that point. And out of respect to him, they traded him to the Colorado Avalanche to give him a shot at winning the cup. And so all every all Bruins fans became Avs fans hoping that he would win and they traded a midseason uh the year previous to this and they didn't win. Uh so this is his last gasp in his 21st season uh to try to win the Stanley Cup. Grizzled old Hall of Famer Ray Bork. So huh. stick around next week I'll let you know what happens. All right. Uh, we have any weather? It's snowing. Great. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. 
this episode, poor Richard's Almanac. Another great pun. They're, they're really punny in the episode titles, Gideon's Crossover and such. Uh, this was written for the second episode in a row. David E. Kelly is not credited as a writer on this episode. It was written by Jill Goldsmith, Lucas Reiter, and Jonathan Shapiro, and they last worked on The Confession, which was an episode we really liked. And this episode was directed uh, by veteran Genosoir, who last directed oh, yeah. Mr. Hinks Comes to Town. Two Love very that. good episodes. So that brings us with only one last thing to do. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? Let me hear it now. What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Uh, that's a good question. It is a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I already will thank Keith because uh, the salad down here um, really reminds me of the fake eating. Uh, we love our Richard Bay. We love our twerpy twerps. Um, salad with the hands well above the yes. uh, salad. So here's the thing, kids. Uh, <clears throat> you'll you'll note, spoiler alert, uh, Helen did not die last episode. But if, uh, if you do, if you, if you cycle it back, which I would never do, but Jorge might, um, I didn't predict that she would die last week. I only predicted that we would set the table for it and she would die by the season finale, which I believe is next week. That's right. So we still have time, right? We still have time. I love to, how hard you're pushing this. <laughs> I have to, right? Like I went big it's swings, big, season of big swings. Big swings, big swings, great. So poor Richard's almanac. We know that Richard Bay is going to factor in. So Keith, here we go. I'm in the hole. He's Something the hole. Richard Bay does in this episode will be intrinsically linked Ooh. to the death of Helen. I'm not saying he kills her. Wow. I'm saying that a decision he makes, a, right. a a case that he's a part of, will lead to the death. Of Helen Gamble. Yeah. Okay. Right. Look, big swings. We're doing big swings. Like, of course, what do we do next season? If season five is, is the season of big swings... Next season is a season of little swings. Like, somebody's going to yeah, write something gonna, on a piece of paper. We're going to have to figure it out. But I'm thinking, <laughs> yo, because look at Ray, look at, look at Ray Abruzzo in the in the bumper you put up. Uh, he He's going to be pissed. They're going to imagine if Helen goes down, dies, like Bobby, everybody, and then we have to, and then what if we have to defend Richard? Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ooh. ooh. I'm just, I'm sticking with Helen's going to get. Season de- finale is uh, defending Richard Bay for murder. Oh, I like that. Helen's getting dead. Uh, and uh, Richard's going to have something to do with it. Wow. Well, Lara Flynn, uh, if you're listening, write in. (laughs) (laughs) But before you do that, it is time to switch over to your podcasting service of choice and listen to us talk about poor Richard's almanac. We'll see you back for the oopsie. Season 5, episode 21, Poor Richard's Almanac. We're going into a prison as we frequently begin. 
Wait a they second. Made an offer. Yes. Thirty years. Oh my God! It's the guy from the Green Mile who went crazy. Wild Bill? No, not Wild Bill. Other guy, Percy. Percy. It is indeed. Uh, we are going in to visit Doug Hutchison from, of course, the Green Mile, which he had just uh, finished doing. He's so Punisher. good in that. He's so He's good and so bad. good in it. In Punisher Warzone, I am Sam, and he played Victor Toombs on the X-Files, which is, I always thought was one of his more uh, memorable recurring characters. And then he went crazy. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. No, uh, he married a 15-year-old when he was oh. older than us. Oh. Oh, that reminds yeah. me of that upcoming uh, Woody Allen uh uh, Ronan Farrow yeah, thing, yeah. Documentary. Well, I'll have to. I, I'll have to talk about it. Like I, it's so funny with with documentaries on that subject in particular. I almost don't want to watch it. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I, I get it. I know yeah, the, the story. I, thing, I, the, the, yeah, like I have no, tough. I have no doubts in the world about what happened. I don't. I don't doubt her in the slightest. I. All, I've already. I already think the guy's garbage, and I don't want to punish myself by watching that. But I probably still will anyway. Yeah, I mean, anyway. I love the conversation. Sorry, I, just last word on it. I love the conversation because I think it's such a human exploration when the uh, the art of terrible people is celebrated because it's nothing new. I mean, it's not yeah. just Michael Jackson or your Bill Cosby or your uh, Woody Allen. I mean, some of my favorite movies are Woody Allen joints. Um, Roman Polanski. Yeah. Roman Polanski. I mean, the list is is way too long to, to to name check everything right here. But you know, that does it make you terrible to think something's good because someone terrible wrote it? You know what I mean? Well, I like, don't even think it's about the uh, like. For me, it's not even about that anymore. Like, I don't I don't care what people think about his movies. Right. The fact that he is still making movies for me is the issue. Oh yeah. I, I what I yes I actually share the same viewpoint because my my kind of take on it is. The reason we have to have a discussion is because some people, and I'm not faulting them for it, some people cannot separate someone's work from their person, right? Like, Michael Jackson has written some of the greatest songs I've ever written, right? And he's, his performances are legendary. I think he's a trash hole. Um, but I don't have to, they're not linked together. Because I like his music, I don't have to defend his conduct, which is what you see often, right? People are like, well, you, so-and-so person can't have been guilty of these things because I like their stuff, which I think is well, asinine. And, no, and I and, and I don't think, no one is obligated to feel anything, you know, yeah, right. like, and, and it's like, if, well, I mean, you should feel, you should probably feel obligated to feel like monsters are monsters. Yeah, fair. <laughs> However, fair. uh, and you know, but if you choose to separate the music and still enjoy the music, great. If you think that the monsterness bleeds into the music and you can't enjoy the music anymore because of that, totally understand. Yep, hundred yep. percent. Great. Uh, anyway, I don't know even how we got on this, but yep, <laughs> we are two. Uh, uh, let's see, we are thirty-two seconds into the episode. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Green Mile, great adaptation, by the way. I think it's a great adaptation. Yeah, it's a, you know, it it's a little problematic looking back, but mm-hmm. it's it's a heck of a heck of a movie. Man, anyway. the CGI just does not hold up. That's one issue. Well, <laughs> n- never does. <laughs> uh, anyway, what Wall we of doing? Shame. Wall of Shame. Mike's never watched the X Files. <gasps> Ooh, 
You know, that might be a podcast people would give more of a shit about. It, that is absolutely fucking true. It's not unreasonable, Jackie, for two murders. One. One murder. And if you ask me, it was a public service killing. Now that I know he turned crazy, Keith, one, I can't watch this kid, episode. Everyone knows it was an accident. No, under the law, that kind of accident is called felony murder. The punishment is life, and you're looking at a double life sentence. Where is your baby? Let's go to trial. <laughs> Look, Michael Biggs was a small-time dealer. You want to take out your competition, fine. And maybe, like you say, some idiot on the jury will think you did the public a favor, but Anthony Helpern was an innocent kid. He didn't deserve to get shot in the head, and I don't think the jury... If I gave you the impression that I had anything to do with those killings, that was a misunderstanding. I am going to trial. You realize we don't have a strong defense here. If you were working on this case instead of counting on a plea, maybe you'd figure something out by now. You want to know what I figured out, Jackie? I figured out that I can't put you on the stand without suborning perjury. I also figured out that with your record, you can expect consecutive life terms with no chance for parole. We are not going to lose. They've got an eyewitness. Which we don't need to worry about. What do you mean we don't need to worry about? I interviewed him myself. He's credible. Bobby, do not worry about the witness. He seems nice. I hear he's single again. Means, Jackie, because I know you're not going to harm that witness. I'm in jail. What, what could I do? Listen to me. You're already in more trouble than I think we can handle. You do not want to make things worse by intimidating a witness. Okay, I understand. Look at me. I understand. Sad thing about it, he's such a compelling actor. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I can usually lower the volume. Creepy Sorry. really well. There we go. Yeah, you know, it's who were we talking about uh, before? That uh, dude head in the freezer. Same, same issue. M- Michael Emerson. Yeah, like does crazy mean face so well that you know a lesser actor would probably get typecast into those type of roles oh wait or not lesser <laughs> that's just as what's going to happen if you can do crazy well i'm sorry it's what's it's where you're gonna go well, well i mean it can be transcended i mean anthony hopkins certainly does a lot of different type of characters it can be yeah but most of the time if it's in your will uh, not most of the time in, in a few cases that did he i'm happy to be typecast well we think he kind of yeah. did what do any you mean cast. You I'm happy to be any he cast. He said, we didn't need to worry about the witness, and I don't think it was a compliment to Bobby's cross-examination skills. Well, then you need to tell Bay. What if he meant something totally different? You know, don't worry, the witness is a friend of mine, or I got proof the witness is lying. Oh, right. Oh, come on, Jimmy. Well, what did you say? I laid it out. Didn't you, you watch that clip, Jimmy? It was very obvious. He said he understood, he but whether witness. he really did, Eleanor. I couldn't be sure. Then you say nothing. Leaving aside what he meant, what he said is protected by attorney-client privilege. You can't reveal it unless he intends to commit a future crime. And if you're not sure... We don't need this. You were just on trial for conspiring with a client. If you don't say anything and a witness ends up dead, you could be up against obstruction of justice charges. You want to wait for some package to explode? If there's any chance this witness is in danger, you have to say something. Because speaking as an expert from exploding packages, waiting is bad. No, no. One does want to uh, 
you know, not do the thing that involves Jimmy. an exploding office. None of us was in the room, Bobby. Only you two. Only you two were in the room when it happened. Let's just lay down the law with him again and then decide. Everybody's a little short-tempered this week. I told you, I understand. I'm a stressed out. Can you tell me why you even said it? That we don't have to worry about the witness? Look, back in my shrink days, I, I bet you didn't know I used to get therapy. Did you know this? No, you seem so grounded. Actually, Keith and I were talking about that quite extensively. If you'd like to join in the conversation next time, do so out of the practice podcast at gmail.com. I act more brave and tough. Now my life's been taken from me here. I'm sitting in a cell all day. That earring. My future's in the hands of this eyewitness. I guess I just needed to feel more powerful than him. And so I said that. Does it make sense? He I mean, is so compelling. Either, that's either a credible statement or he's an incredible liar. Just, well, I mean... As a character. The... Uh, the choice on score there uh, definitely makes its case. It does. It does. Taking me home from school. He was your boyfriend? Yes. So this is the lady we he married in real life? Car talking. No. No. And this, this is I'll hard tell you who this is. It's it's not not her. I won't even make a joke here. I'm just gonna let Keith tell you because we've already wasted too much time. Yes, indeed. It is Rachel Bella uh, from the Crucible ER. And what I remember her from uh, is The Ring, one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Who was she in The Ring? She was one of the teenage girls, I think, in the opening. No. So not scary. Okay. But do you remember where the car was parked? In front of my building. We already had the girl who played okay. Samara. That's on right. The show. Now take your time. I want you to tell us what happened. Dude, work is blowing me up too, Keith. We are. I'm busy. He was telling me. I put me this meeting on my calendar. Basketball for BU when he graduated. <laughs> That's all he could talk about sometimes. And then all of a sudden the windows started breaking. On which side of the car? His. He'd been shot. Where? In the head. And he just looked at me. He didn't understand what was happening. Miss Matthews, did you see the person who did this? No. Did you see my client at all that afternoon? I don't think so. No further questions. I'm very That's sorry. Smart. For the loss what else of your can friend. you do? Well, you know, some members of our team are probably playing the shit out of her. <laughs> no redirect, you Your Honor. Your the Commonwealth calls Detective Michael McGuire. The intended victim was Michael Biggs, 23. When I arrived on the scene, his body so was on the sidewalk so area directly in front of his building. Were you able to determine from which direction the shooter approached? Yes. He approached from across the street and opened fire. Stray bullets were lodged in the front of the building and a few in the cars that were parked out front. Which is where you found the second victim, Anthony Halpern. Yes. In his car, he had been shot in the back of the head. 
And Michael Biggs, why do you consider him the intended victim? We found him lying face down. He had been shot six times, twice in the legs, three times in the chest, and once in the head at very close range. And how do you know that, detective? There were stippling burns on his head and neck, indicating that the gun had been fired from a distance of no more than six inches. We considered it an execution. That Ray Abruzzo was an exposition machine. Digit. The murder weapon was never recovered. A fingerprint on a, a shell casing to yeah? implicate my client. There were no prints, Mr. Donnell, as you already know. Michael Biggs was a convicted drug dealer, it's wasn't he? It's being shot yes, from he had the a opposite record direction, for I think. Yeah, like the wide angle, though, there's like this big bay window behind the judge, which I don't remember. Narcotics. That's a dangerous business, We've right? seen that one a few times. Ask your client. They, Objection. They Move to strike. Behind Sustained. Detective But it's Maguire. not our, like, our main My one. point, detective, is that Mr. Biggs was the kind of man who might have a few enemies. Yes or no? Yes. After. Time to insert a dad joke. Mr. Biggs, I'm the one who wants to be with you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Deep inside my heart. Oh boy, I'm sorry. I regretted that instantly. I saw it in your face. All right, back to the testimony of Jason Biggs. After the shooting, did they find my client anywhere in the neighborhood? No. In fact, Mr. Cahill wasn't arrested until three days later when he voluntarily appeared at the precinct for questioning. We had already searched his house and his bar. He knew we were looking to make an arrest. That's exactly my point. This man who supposedly killed two people had three days to leave the city, the state, the country, and instead he comes walking into your precinct to answer questions. Yes. Will I be up there long? Not on direct, just say Peyton what you Manny? saw. When I ask you to identify the man you saw <laughs> fire the gun, if you see him in the room, point to him. They may keep you up there on cross for a while. Why? Well, you're our whole case, Mr. Ross, and the defense certainly knows that. They're going to try everything they can to tear you apart. Is it me or the color is really popping this, this episode? It seemed so scary a week ago. You'll be fine. Just stick to the truth. Yeah, it's obviously... Richard, this season's been much we'll more saturated. Uh, we should probably introduce Oh, Peyton. that guy, he's, uh, he's from Breaking Bad, right? Who's Peyton? It's not Peyton Manning. Nothing. You got nothing? B blank slate. <laughs> Peyton Manning was the best I could do, and I already used it. It's Eric Bruscutter from Glee, Starship Troopers, Crimson Tide, and The Fan. And uh, I, I love how, like, I described him, because I, you know, as I, I write notes to myself ahead of time here, and I will freak, I'll, I'll describe people just like make sure I'm, I'm referencing the right person. Like, oh, it's the witness, it's the judge or whatever. And I wrote this time, this, the big dum-dum, <laughs> who he <laughs> was Peyton Manning. <laughs> and that's mean to everyone. He's not in protective custody. Why should he be? I just thought for big drug cases, you keep your witnesses in protective custody. This is a murder case. Well, I guess if it were me, I'd be keeping an eye on him. What are you saying? Nothing. Yes, you are. Uh, if you're yeah. trying to get me no rattled, shit, or you're hoping people. I'm going to go and rattle my witness. I'm just saying it would be a good idea to protect him. The last time Bobby said something like this, cops were dead. So yeah, well, I mean, all based on our experiences, because they've they've gone both ways with this. Like Helen's gone to them, then Bay's gone to them. They've gone, guys. 
Listen to them. Yeah. Do the thing that they are saying. Not only that, but can we, let's get together for some drinks and let's just establish a code. Let's get a key. Let's get a, a cipher going. Like, need, let's need know, a safe word. Yeah, let's know what we're talking about. Yes, the banana has left the peel. The banana has left the peel, Keith. Uh, I, she, uh, well, Helen peeled his banana at least <laughs> once in public, so... <laughs> If you acknowledge that he's in danger, I don't have any specific knowledge, but my radar says... I don't know if it was, uh, you know, hard or soft, but it was yellow. That's all I'm going to say. We got, you know, this episode, this show, uh, the Bobby's firm, uh, employs a lot of nannies. Yes. Well, I mean, you know... Yeah, okay, people gotta work. Eyewitnesses are up next. People gotta work. Once he's done, the Commonwealth should rest. We just want a lot of money, so we can afford it. It's true. Excuse me? The witness. Cops put a guard on his house. Now, why the hell would they do that? It's a murder trial, Jackie. I'm sure that's routine. No, I don't think so. If this were federal, maybe, but state, no. They don't protect a witness unless they think he's in danger. And how would you know that? You don't find it interesting? You and I have a conversation about the witness, and the very next day there's a cop at his house? He's the only witness to a double murder. With your record, Richard Bay is a smart guy. He doesn't need me to know his witness should be protected. That's not exactly a denial, Bobby. As long as we're into accusations, how do you even know there was a guard on that house? Did you send somebody out there? No. Yeah, duh. It's weird that he name-checked Richard there, right? Well, he's the prosecutor. Yeah, but don't, that dude knows attorney. that. I did well, not. Well, sure he does. They've been in court for but a just while. So we I just meant it felt exposition-y is what I'm getting at, I guess. But I guess that's... We know who Richard... Like, we know, right? Yeah, well, Mike and Deglio, uh, sometimes yeah, people just randomly say their full names for no reason. ever to find out that my lawyer had been talking to the cops about certain conversations well, I'm getting at he and I'm, had I'm in looking private, at the name of the episode. I would consider that looking at your an act of disloyalty. Easter you egg, want me and off I'm like, no problem. Why, Let you and me go see Richard? the judge, and you can explain all about how I prevented your people from taking out a witness. I never said I was going to take him out. Did I ever say that? Look, let's just stop with the antagonism and focus on the... Like we have, Richard's been doing some cool stuff. Like he came and gave us that insight last week. He's getting a focus right. here. Clearly, I mean, he's not going to kill Helen. So <laughs> Richard Bay's not going to kill Helen. So I'm trying to like legitimately think about what, where this is going and like, do they, do they team up? Is it like, how's Richard going to be the hero, right? If he's the prosecutor, if we're trying to get this guy off, it's an interesting. Well, I, we're, we're telling the story from the standpoint of, we as an audience are being told this guy's a monster. Right. And that he did it. Like, he he already sort of confessed that he did it. He took it back. But, like, so we're not necessarily rooting for our normal heroes already. Right. It's one of those things, like, where how do we get out of this jam? We've been here before. We've seen an episode like, like how do we get out of this? Bobby's already done his, his, his due diligence by kind of being like, yo, shit's going down. Um, yeah. I mean, to be, I, I, if it were me... I would have been much more explicit about it. I mean, I understand the standpoint, like, your your job is to represent somebody. But, like, somebody's saying code for, I'm going to off a witness. Whether it's code or not, they're still telling it to you. You know, if you're, and, you know, and, and you, you have the, uh, you know, the, the, the responsibility to keep these secrets because of lawyer-client privilege. But, like, at least to me, he pretty explicitly threatened to harm the witness, even if it was between the lines. Right. Uh, but I don't know. It's an interesting 
So Kids, our, our heroes are in a I tough position. You, doesn't look so good. Also, the redemption of Helen, though that's kind of taken a U-turn, we have been, Richard has been on the upswing as far as morality yeah. goes. What if I have an yeah. alibi? What are you talking about? This guy I work with at the bar. I was working with him when this whole thing happened. Oh, really? Yes. You can't just offer alibi evidence in the middle of a trial. There's a procedure. I also we like, sorry, I'm so sorry, audience, but this is what you pay for. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's cool that we're getting sort of like a reverse uh, Better Call Saul here, right? Like, we've built up the understanding of our firm getting people off sometimes that they've sort of become a de facto sort of a drug crime uh, firm. They're, they're the uh, the firm of last resort. Yeah, like, which is, you know, whereas, and whereas Better Call Saul, Saul Goodman sort of embraces that, we're sort of uh, kind of ruining that lately. We don't really like that designation and or the process of it. I think it's cool. I never have, but that's, but yeah, no, that's, well, they're, they're so good at it. Mm -hmm. Well, usually they, we, we usually argue by saying like everybody de deserves a def like everybody deserves it and it's, it's right. high moral ground. But lately, like, especially when we get these cases where they know that it's bullshit, you can see the disdain on all of us. Yeah. I've noticed weeks in advance. I'm sure you can figure that out. And what is this sudden alibi? I can't offer testimony I know to be false. I am innocent. Do you get that? And this alibi is legit. Then why didn't you tell me about it sooner? All right. Why are we fighting? What makes Doug Hutchison so why scary? Why didn't you tell us about the witness blink. before now, Jackie? And he gets that, like, just bead because of sweat a on his brow. Because there's a arrest in New York. Honey! You trekked all the way out in the snow? That explanation okay, Counselor? Thank you. Yeah. Guys. CEO Jen... Yeah, tell, tell us what CEO Jen just did. Well, there's like four inches of snow out there. It's snowy, and we ran out of coffee, and I joked that, oh, you should walk out to McDonald's and get it, which is like, you know, it's got to be half a mile down the road. She trekked it, man. She didn't even take the car. She walked all that way and brought me back coffee. I'm not worthy. No. You don't know that. You're not. You think he has an alibi? No, but if he <laughs> says he does, it's his defense. Bobby, he's looking at double life. If he wants to call an alibi witness, then that's what... Neither of us are, Keith. Let's be honest here. Your no. wife's up there itching hives so you can love your cat. <laughs> that's true. My that's cat, my, true. my wife is trekking in the blizzard, and we're sitting here doing a goddamn podcast that nobody listens to. <laughs> Talking about ourselves. <laughs> but we do. We interview the guy, and we try <laughs> to put him on the stand. If the judge will even let us. They come up with this now in the middle of a trial? I just found out about it myself. Oh, Bobby. It's true. There's an alibi witness, and your client just tells you now? It's Herbert yes, Mitchell back as Judge White? there's an outstanding warrant for the guy's arrest, and he didn't want to come forward. Oh, come on. I've had no opportunity to see if his story checks out, no opportunity to run his record. You can't deny my client the right to put on a defense. Courts have upheld the exclusion of defense witnesses. Whether Mr. Donald believes it or not, we are entitled to a fair trial, too. We wouldn't oppose a continuance to give Mr. Bay time to investigate. I'm sure you wouldn't. But I am not going to delay things and inconvenience the jury because you violated discovery rules. There's another option. Let him voir dire the witness outside the presence of a jury. Let him get all the discovery word. he needs now. Voila. That seems reasonable. It's a good thing. That way we can see if our little witness holds up. Satisfactory, Mr. Bay. Well... 
We reserve the right to argue for exclusion if anything that comes up requires further investigation. Fine. Mr. Donald, bring in a new witness. It's interesting because that whole scene, they had a problem and everybody there sort of handled it reasonably. Like it was all like, oh, that's a fair compromise. That's a fair stipulation. That's a fair whatever. And everyone was like, yeah, okay. It was very odd for us. And you and I love that shit. Like when it's just like how it would go down or... Yeah. That's what we like. Also, a quick side note story to remind me to keep tracking this. Uh, my mom has been recently vaccinated, so I'm, I'm happy about that. But she also got called in for jury duty. And, oh, shit. you know, we, my brother and sister and I were all telling her, like, all the ways you can get out of it. You know, like, we just call them and tell them, you're, you know, you're, you're 75 and it's hard to get there and blah, 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 blah. My mom's like, no, no, I want to go do it. I'm like, what? Why? She's like, uh, is something to do? And I was like, well, I'm not sure that that checks all the boxes of like, uh, but I guess it's good enough. You might vaudeer yourself right in. No, I mean, I I love, I, I was sad that COVID killed my jury duty. I would have loved to have done it. Yeah, I need another swing at it since we've talked about my last case was a little uh, harrowing. You're smug, sir. They get to check them out first. I'll never yes. forget that shit. Well, how does that happen? Well, they get a free bite? It happens when you suddenly announce you have an alibi after the trial has started. Yeah, that's, that's the judge suspect at best, some friend. Discovery. What about a new offer? Hmm? I mean, just the fact this witness exists. Hasn't the DA got a new offer? He can't be so cocky now. I don't think you fully grasp this particular DA, Jackie. He's short. Richard Bay, in addition to being good, he is pathologically competitive. He'd want you to get life even if you were innocent. Which I am. Oh, right. I forgot. Whoops. So what's going to happen? The DA gets to question him in a sealed room. No jury. The judge will make a determination as to whether further investigation is called for. If so, we delay the trial. If not, the trial picks up where we left off. How exactly airtight do you consider your alibi to be? Oh, real airtight. I was with Mr. Cahill the whole afternoon. And he never left the bar. Never this out of Michael my Michael Lugio? I was serving. He was at a table going over the expense books. Who Cahill has, is uh, your boss. Does not have not? a barber or a hairstylist. No, it's my bar. It's your bar. <laughs> yes, it is. My name is on a liquor license. But he was doing the books. Is he your accountant? No. He's an investor. Oh, he's an investor. What percentage of your bar does he own? I don't know. Most. And tell us, who suggested you come here today to testify? Nobody. I told Mr. Cahill I come here and do it. Did you get in touch with him or did he call you? I'm not sure. I think he called me. From prison? You know all outgoing phone calls from prison are recorded? Mr. Intesso, why didn't you come forward sooner? Whoops. Why does everybody forget that they record prison calls? assault charge in New York. So you know by it's testifying odd. here, you're going to go back to jail. they announce it on the call. Yeah. You'd rather testify and go to jail than say no to Mr. Cahill? I want to help him. He was with me at the time of the shooting. There's no question beyond reasonable doubt. Okay. <laughs> you were serving drinks. He was working. Did anybody else see you or the defendant that day? I don't know. Maybe. Can you tell us who else was there? I don't really remember. You don't. These books the defendant was working on. 
So, Mr. Maselli, we need to ask you, who's the boss? Was Angela there that day? I mean, he's doing he's giving me Tony Danza. He is definitely doing a, a non-charming Tony Danza. Where are they now? I'm doing the, you know, obvious Italian guy. Mona! What? It's your bar. Surely you know that, that where your own expense books are. Objection. Listening. That was great. This isn't a tax case. It's irrelevant. It's very relevant to this witness's credibility. We moved the witness turn over the books the defendant was working on. Oh, shit. Richard Bay. I lost the books. I see. Your Honor, at this time, I withdraw my motion to exclude this witness. Dude, Richard yes. Bay. Yeah. That that's some good band, guys. You can't put that's him a really up good band. It's still an alibi. They can't prove he's lying, <laughs> which he isn't. They he's wouldn't got have swag, to prove he's lying. He looks like it, he sounds like it, he he personifies dishonesty. And by putting him up there, we would be helping the prosecution. Trust me. Why the hell didn't you protect him? You should have been objecting or something. Or... The questions weren't objectionable, and it was discovery. Look, 30 years is better than life if it's still on the table. No! Try to get this. We got no rabbits to pull. What about your plan B strategy? A witness saw you pull the trigger. Plus this DA, he knows us. Let's accuse the witness and of I murdering him. him. He's not going to drop the ball. We cannot I love that win it was even, this case. It was even put up as an option. <laughs> yeah, Jorge, you gotta, you gotta edit that one in. It's, good, it's a good plan B reference. Way too early in the episode. Some shit's boiling here. Alright, let me think about it. Can I think about it? We're not scheduled to go again till tomorrow, so yeah. You know, just once, Take the night. I would like an episode that right now, here in the episode, he takes Look, the deal, case done. You think we don't like you? And then you. we just watch just Bobby true. silently eat a sandwich for the you next half hour. You think because we don't like you, we are not doing everything we possibly yo, can. Yo, 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 Which is what not if, true. Well, it's probably not Helen, right? It's Richard's. What okay. if they What if they kidnap Richard? Or some shit like that. Like they pull uh, new kids on the block here. I, I don't think, I don't I don't know any of the rest of the names of the new kids. I knew Donnie, I knew Jordan. Wahlberg. We got Jordan. We got Jordan. Maybe Jordan does it. Uh, Mac Joey McIntyre. Oh, there you go. We got a car pulling into a garage here. Snowy. We, we almost never get the uh, exteriors. Yo, Keith. It's it's Bay. Kidnap. Oh no! He called it. Uh oh. I'm straight flexing, Hello? yo. Kidnapping Bay! Kidnapping Bay! Oh. oh shit! Zip this time, baby. Simple. If the case against Jackie Gayhill doesn't go away, you will. Oh, it's just an intimidation. The only gun reason next you're to still alive is because you're still useful. You do not want to win this case. Understand? I'm gonna leave you now. When I do, you're gonna start feeling better, feeling brave. Maybe even call the police. That's why it's important for you to remember what I'm going to say right now. We can always get to you. If we want you dead, you dead. Now stay 
right here for five minutes. And then you can go about living your life. Don't be a fucking hero. How much of it is left? That's up to you. Well, he's in the opening credits, so I think he's safer than you think, bad guy. <laughs> you didn't watch the credits? Richard might have done a pee-pee. Yeah, well, you know, you know what he just learned about uh, the guys prosecuting. That was the one thing we have cued correctly in this entire episode, Keith, and it was impromptu. Wow. Now we got an aerial. Of course you have to report this. Why haven't you already? If I report it, I let him win. Bam! Just Bam! How do you figure that? He's hoping I'll report it and try to resign from the case. Or he'll try to have me removed. The judge might do it anyway. The trial gets... So the threat is just lose. It's throw the case or we kill you. Yes. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Wait, first of all, that doesn't have to happen. You could still continue. Oh, you know Bobby. Wait, secondly, your life was threatened. A crime was committed. You're an officer of the court. You have to report it. Come on, do I really need to be telling you that? Well, Helen, you know, I've seen how we've protected some of our witnesses, and uh, it doesn't uh, exactly uh, inspire me with confidence. Right. I mean, Helen, isn't this your cue to go assassinate him? Yeah, right? Like, are you going to murder somebody, or am I going to have to just, like, wait till next episode to find out? Do I have to say banana peel? What? That's cue for if I told the murder police, somebody. I'd die. And You're scared. No shit! Yes. Helen, even if I did file a report, I... I thought she was going to call him a pussy. I mean, that's where we were leading in the He's episode. He disguised his voice, I... There's no way I could make an ID. They can dust your garage. Did you and maybe there voice? are tire tracks. He was doing Batman. Who saw the car? It, the police could Book investigate. Anytime, any place. Richard, you need I'll to report this. If you. you won't, I will. Banana. Get out of my Batmobile, and I will kill you. All right. Banana. I'm gonna call Detective McGuire. We'll start the investigation. <laughs> we'll put you in protective custody. Someone will be with you around the clock. Guard your house, Helen. Until the verdict. Now, if I ever find you really eating food again, you're dead. You better fake eat food. Fake eat food. <laughs> this is very difficult to maintain. <laughs> I'm going to have to you talk to Bobby. Your fiber. Why? There's a lot of fiber in bananas. <laughs> the next salad you fake eat, you're fucking dead. Has to know. If that knife and fork now, touches any the of the food, remain- I'll kill you. <laughs> Yo, that's a, what's the bad guy's name from Saul? Jigsaw or something? We're pretty good jigsaw people. <laughs> we just got to raise it up a couple timbers to a... Uh, the internet is for porn. <laughs> in question. Are you okay to continue with the trial? Hey, Bert. Right, I'm just going to say... Uh, if you, the yes. knife and fork touches it, Are oh, you I'll sure? kill you. I'll yes. kill your family. And you'll be going for a conviction, right? So while Keith and I were, um, uh, I guess, threatening to murder Richard Bay, Comedian? Uh, Helen basically sort of just told him, "You're gonna win this." She's like, "I don't." So Keith, tell me if I if I summarize this correctly. Okay. Richard, win the case, 
they're not going to kill you. It's fine. Yeah? I think it was more, Richard, win the case. I don't care if you die. So, Keith. Yeah. What if it's the opposite? <coughs> what if Richard's not getting Helen dead? What if Helen's getting Richard dead? Mm. Do I still get points? I, I think that's at least partial credit. Okay. What if Helen, what if he throws the case and Helen kills him out of retribution? I mean, yes. in... Damn, well, that's a hell of a pep talk. <laughs> right. In his own garage? Yes, I'm assuming you gave him no indication. Of course not. Does he know that knocking off the DA won't do much good? We do have more. We may have led him to believe that this particular DA was a nemesis. We will set him straight on that. Oh, fuck. So where are we? Richard's bent on continuing, you know him. Although he did name check him first and last name. Don't you know that Richard Bay is a, a difficult DA and that he lives at 3452 Cherry Lane? Richard Bay doesn't care if you're guilty or innocent. It, they actually literally said <laughs> yeah. that he will try to convict you whether you're guilty or innocent. Uh-oh. Everybody, it looks like Richard Bay, his life is hanging upon the uh, the, the the words of, now you will have I don't a know where I'm going, what I'm trying to say. Everybody else in the credits are oh, trying yes. to get him killed. They're like, there's not enough room in these credits. I am as shocked as you are. Don't give me that. Are you that <laughs> stupid? You think killing the district attorney will actually help you? I would never hurt anybody, Ms. Frutt. But you know what? Our relationship is so deteriorated here that maybe you two should get off this case. I should find myself new representation. Feels right. probably a good idea. Time to yeah. execute the witness? We'd love to get off, Jackie, but the judge will never let that happen. Not at this point. If you told him that your disgust prevents you from doing your best work. The problem is I do my best work for disgusting clients. Zing. We're stuck with each other. The trial is going on. There's plenty more district attorneys where Richard Bay came from, so going after him will get you nothing. Nothing? Actually, I'm surprised where it took four seasons to have a plot line like this. Yeah. You know, well, where there's I been mean, a threat against the DA or against Bob. Well, I guess Bobby has been hanging tough before. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there have been threats. I forget exactly the circumstances that uh, Bobby got all the cops killed because he tipped off his client. The cops right. were going to were do a raid. It mm -hmm. was not quite the same thing. Well, everyone's been on trial for murder. At well, least. now it seems silly for them to kill anybody, right? Like for them, the, the threat was they all know who made the threat. So it ain't like it's going to be worthwhile at this point. But who the fuck? You knows? underestimate the value of a smile. I mean, they've already got him, right? Right. They've already got him dead to rights. So it's like, who cares pleasures, if counsel. they know he did it, if it works, if the threat works. I heard a series of pops. I don't know how many. Peyton Manning they were takes loud, a stand. like explosions. Lock and a good neighbor. Next, State Farm is there. The Omaha! And I saw Omaha! the man with the gun walking across the street, firing. Bullets were going everywhere. I tried to audible. This I was in daylight. Middle of the day, yes. Okay, what happened next? The man with the gun was Medium? shooting at the man lying on the sidewalk. He walked up and shot right at the guy's head. How far away were you from the man who was shooting? Maybe 60 feet, no more than that. Do you see the man who was shooting that day? Him. That man sitting right there. Oh, now Peyton Manning's dead. Let the record reflect the witness has identified the defendant, Jackie Cahill. 
I mean, you can see Nothing that Faye's scared, but he's still doing his job. That was, uh, they went out of their way to show us the, the eye contact there. And it, what were it, you doing it, on that fear, street It scared me a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, for courier service. Big I was delivering a package the... in the area a little earlier. Richard. You said you heard the sound. Little guy. Big balls. What were you doing in your car? Resting. Banana. Resting? Or sleeping? I guess maybe I dozed off. You guess? You don't remember? Well, I worked two jobs. I've been up all night. Um, I guess I was sleeping. So when you heard the popping, it woke oh, you out of a deep sleep. I don't, I don't know how deep. But coming out of a sleep groggy, it took you some time to focus on what was happening. Maybe a few moments, but when I saw your client start shooting, it woke me up fast. What was the entire length of time you observed This poor dum dum doesn't know he was supposed to be dead up? a week ago. Uh, a few seconds. A few seconds. Did the shooter ever look directly towards you, or did you only see him from the murder. side? From the side. And once you realized what was happening, you were scared? I guess, yeah. And you ducked down in your car? Maybe a little, but I saw him. It was him. Did Mr. Bay tell you if you got into trouble testifying just to repeat that? Objection. Withdraw, nothing further. Not the best bobbying of Bobby's. Brief redirect, Your Honor. Well, there's Proceed. not a heck of a lot he can do here. You got a plan B, baby. Maybe you did the murder. Yo, Richard Bay is the about windows to shit of your himself. car, they're tinted? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see him. So the man shooting, you saw him, but... But he wouldn't have known I was there. Objection. Sustained. Don't tell us what the man knew. You got a good look at him. Absolutely. As you sit here now, are you sure who it was? Yes, it was the defendant. Thank you, Mr. Ross. Nothing further. Uh, a brief moment to change my pants. Yeah. I did a piddle. He's doing it, though. I mean, he's doing it. Witness may step down. He had a gun to his head. Mr. Bay. The Commonwealth rests, Your Honor. The the, the creatives are pissed that they already wasted the Bay of Pigs pun episodes (laughs) before. They're like, oh, we really could have used it here. Oh, man. Hope we have some Bay Seasonings finale next week. (laughs) Old Bay fries. Soggy Old Bay. (laughs) Fries. The defense rests. We should just cut it right now. No, we should just retire. Unsubscribe. <laughs> How do I not testify? If you want to, you can. This episode of the Out of Practice Podcast brought to you by Vocal Damage. Vocal Damage. Was it worth it? No. I can still make that happen. But you don't want to do that. Why? If you testify, Jackie, all your priors could come in to impeach. And what are you going to say that would actually help you? I'll say I didn't do it. The witness was wrong. Look, you can testify. It's your choice. Right now, we're almost desperate enough to put you up there. And if I could think of the slightest upside, I would. But in my opinion... Mine too. It'll just make things worse. Your felony record will serve to bolster that witness. Percy's pissed. All right, get me a meeting with Bay. Why? I want to reopen a plea bargain discussion. I'm not sure he'd be open. Get me the meeting. We can meet with him. I want to be there. Get me a meeting with Richard Bay. Well, as counsel, as podcast counsel, I'm going Mm -hmm. to say that since uh, we believe that you uh, put out a hit for his murder or the threat of the hit for his murder, an in-person meeting feels a little bit unlikely. Seems a little problematic, you think? Like, maybe not a good idea. I don't know. 
He's in the witness room? Yes. Richard, you've asked me three times if he's in the witness room, and you're, you're sweating like yeah, a pig. Yeah, you don't need I'm to fine. be there, buddy. My life was threatened, Helen. Allow me to perspire a little. Are you really okay? I'm fine. Let's go. He's sweating like a bay of pigs. Can't they just have Bobby do it? Why does he have to be there? Because he's the other side of the argument. All no, right, I mean, why does here? the bad guy got to be there? What's this about? Our client would like to reopen a plea negotiation. He wanted why? to, I guess. Not I feeling very confident, Do they Mr. have Kale? to let him? I don't know. You are sexy. Anybody ever tell you that? Hmm? Yeah. I could yes. throw you on this table and have sex with you right now, even with all these people watching. Any interest? Pass? Guard? Please handcuff this man to the chair. Why? Well, you either frighten me, Mr. Cahill, or you piss me off. It's one or the other. I could give you an erection right across the room just by looking at you. Forty years. Yikes. The deal you offered was thirty. That was before I had to go to trial. Your case hasn't gotten any better. It's still just one witness who didn't get a great look. Why risk it? Forty years, take it or leave it. This little prick doesn't even think I'm guilty. Jackie! If he really thought I killed two people, what does he think I'm gonna do to him if he convicts me? Hmm? If he's not afraid of that, he must believe I'm innocent. Keep your mouth shut. He must think I can't get to him from prison, if I were the killer, that is. You think you scare us, Mr. K? Man, the balls you, on this guy. Me and this table. Five minutes. Uh, psychopath? He, Party of one? He seems table nice. Right? He seems nice. I mean, isn't threatening a DA that directly another crime in itself? Saying that in front of him? I was talking to you, my lawyer. Threatening the prosecutor? Are you out of your mind? He can still add charges. No, he won't. I know when a guy's scared and he's pissing himself right now. I'll bet his closing is a little subpar. You actually think he's gonna blow this case because he's afraid of you? You give these guys too much credit. They only prosecute because they can't find real law jobs. Losing one case doesn't make one difference to them. But if he thinks he'll pay a price for convicting me. Look at me. So this is, here's where I come down on this. This is a television show. And this is why, other than being a dum-dum, I'm not a lawyer. Because let me tell you, I would have folded up like the tent I've never used from e e EMI. I would have been like, peace, Helen, enjoy the case. I fold, I quit, I'm out. Because this shit does scare me. And it's a fictional character on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's uh, to be a prosecutor, it's tough. It's Girl. tough. It's, it's got to be scary. Are you going to do something to him if you lose here? He has to think I will. Why? Because it's my only chance. I'll close. You can't close. It's my case. Richard, you're not of the mind. What do you mean I'm not of the mind? He's gotten to you. You're rattled. I am not. I am perfectly Look, you're understandably frightened. You seem distracted. I the show my is great and I'm because... ready to deliver it. I can't let him intimidate me. Even though already I don't has. think they can kill Richard Bay, I am slightly Richard, concerned at this juncture. You don't have to be the big hero here. Yeah. It's not about being a hero, Helen. If it wasn't so close to the end of the season, I would be less me. concerned. This is what Fair. I am. I'm a DA. I can't... If I start letting defendants scare me, what am I? 
I guess you'd be human. I'm fine. Oddly compassionate for Helen. And I'm ready. What exactly are you prepared for? Perhaps? It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. With 10 minutes to go, the close? Old 70s B-roll. Oh, a good shot of the Richard Bay bedroom, baby. He's ready. It's 6.15 in the morning. Lots of montages. Lots of montages. Ladies and gentlemen, that was about a full minute of hero shots of Richard Bay. Yes, it was. Well, he's he's doing something heroic. This has all the makings of uh, somebody gets shot in the courtroom. Or like a suicide. When my client heard that the police wanted to talk to him, he voluntarily went to the precinct. What he expected to find was a police department interested in discovering the truth. Instead, he found frustrated detectives so angry that they couldn't solve two high-profile homicides that they were willing to arrest him and hope that the charges would stick. They searched his house, his bar, and they couldn't come up with one shred of physical evidence to connect my client to this crime. No murder weapon, no fingerprints, not in the shell casings recovered at the scene, not in the cars that were parked on the street, nothing to prove that my client has ever owned a gun or even held a gun, let alone used one to commit a double murder. Nothing to prove that he was even in the neighborhood at the time of the shooting. Nothing to suggest that my client even knew Michael Biggs. I mean, if he hadn't confessed, this Mr. would Bay be compelling testimony. He built his entire case on the word of a witness who admits he was sleeping when this happened. A witness who is as unbelievable as he is irresponsible. A witness who should have been doing his job, but instead fell asleep in his car in the middle of the day. He woke up because he heard Weak shots. Sauce. He was groggy. He struggled to get his bearings. And when he saw it was a shooting, he ducked What's down. That? It's human instinct. When you hear gunshots, your first thought is to protect yourself. And Mr. Ross admitted he only saw the shooter from the side, from a distance of 60 feet, through tinted windows, for a total of a few seconds at most. Beyond reasonable doubt, not even close. I don't know, Bob. I mean, it's pretty good what he, for what he had to work with. Oh, this better be the close of your life, buddy. Could be your last. Close like it's your last, Keith. That's what they say. That's what I say. Don't slip on the banana peel. When you become a prosecutor, your supervisors give you one basic piece of advice. Keep it simple. Focus on the facts. Forget the distractions. 
Keep your eye on the truth. Be willing to stand up for what's right, whatever the cost. Mr. Donald says our case comes down to one witness. Simply put, he's right. If you believe Mr. Ross, you must convict the defendant. And you should believe Mr. Ross because he had a front row seat for these murders. He was sitting at street level with the best possible view of the shooter. It was day. The lighting couldn't have been better. He saw the defendant, but the defendant couldn't see him. Didn't even know he was there. Which probably saved Mr. Ross's life. Mr. Donnell has the gall to suggest that Mr. Ross was irresponsible for taking a nap. Mr. Ross did the responsible thing by coming forward immediately after the shooting. His description of the shooter matched the defendant perfectly. He had the courage to come into this room, swear to tell the truth, and identify the defendant as the man he saw that day. And no matter how hard Mr. Donald tried, he couldn't shake that testimony. Mr. Ross is absolutely sure the killer is this man, this man right here. And let me make this simple. Two men are dead. Mr. Cahill is so brazen, so cold-blooded. He killed him in broad daylight because he thought no one would dare stop him. Nobody would have the guts to come forward, to prosecute him, to look him in the eye and say it. Yes, look at You're him. You're a killer. You're a coward. Fuck yeah. And thanks to the jury, you're about to get what you deserve. Dude, I love that we got Harlan the last episode. Believe the hero Mr. and now Ross they're giving it to convict Richard this man. He's yeah. been the plot of so many jokes. Prove to him he's wrong. I hope we get justice here, man. Like, it felt so good last week. Yeah. Got two good, two feel-good episodes in a row. It's so close to the end of the episode, though, so they could still kidnap him or some shit. You do this long enough, you think you've seen it all. next week. He actually threatened him in the room. Right after basically threatening oh, to it's rape it's Baby Bobby. And they're not it's Bobby Baby. Charges? Not so far. Did it work? Was Baby Cameron's Baby. They seem to close okay. There's babies everywhere. Toby was right, babies come with hats. Uh, okay, everybody's baby. But she puked. Think it might be the same baby. <laughs> it looks like twins. You ready? Honey, all awesome. the babies are here. The sitter's at home. I actually get to go out to a restaurant tonight. Donald Ol, etc. Jury's back. Yeah, thank you. So soon? Verdict. What does it mean? Already? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's dark in there. We got some mood lighting for the courtroom tonight. Ooh, the nighttime verdict. Yo, Cameron's stone face. Guilty. Well, I mean, He's like, got to be guilty. Like, what are well, they rooting for? Please rise. How much time is left? Madam Foreperson, has the jury reached a verdict? It's raining. It's my mom. Honor. What say you? Commonwealth versus Jackson Cahill. On the first count of murder in the first degree, we find the defendant, Jackson Cahill, guilty.
guilty. Guilty, bitch! On the second count, murder in the Where first degree. Where did go We find the defendant, Jackson Cahill. Guilty. Guilty, bitch! Officers, take the defendant back into custody. I'll schedule sentencing later. Where'd it go, Members babe? Where'd jury, it go? This completes your service. You are dismissed with the thanks of the court. Adjourned. Bobby, can you start working on my appeal, please? Jackie, I think you need to get yourself another lawyer. That's fair. Richard Bay's available. <laughs> That's right. Bay's already made a beeline. I'm fine. Too much time. I sweat by nature, okay? Do you want to keep the security? Should I? Yeah. Well, he's got nothing to gain now. Threatening you can't do him any good. Unless he just gets off on it. Jump scare. Why don't I get the guards back? No, I don't want to let him win. Just keep the security for a week. I'll push them upstairs to pay for it. No, I'm fine. I really am. I'm right over there. Where are you? Up a level. Are you sure you're okay? Fine. Okay. Keith, if we watch him walk to his car, great case. we are in trouble. Call me if you need any company. Fuck me. We're watching him walk to the car, Keith. We are. Is this a blow up? Car pulling him behind him. Are you leaving? What's with a double jump scare, old lady? Yes. Cute little old lady. No. Not too jumpy. She's 80. No! We're seeing him turn his back. Keith, old lady. Maybe I'm too jumpy. <laughs> I think you could be a prosecutor. No! No! There's too much foreshadowing. No! There's like a million gunshots. That's a machine gun. No! Rich! <laughs> I was kidding, man. Oh my God, I killed him. Uh, so the last thing that we saw, if you're not watching along, was Richard's lifeless face against the oh, he wheel. didn't. He got real murdered, like bad murdered. That was bad. That was bad. Oh, I feel culpability. Shit. I feel culpability. Oh, you definitely did it. When I watched the episode before you said that, that's not what happened. Okay, we're going to talk about this. Hold on a minute. <clears throat> yeah. We'll see you back at the thing. <laughs> Mike's too upset to podcast. And... Uh, we are back, baby. Woo! We are back. And uh, shit just got real, folks. And uh, in case you missed it, uh, Mike's going to tell you wait, what uh, happened. Wait, wait, wait a second. I, I need to get my shit together here for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I need to sit in this for just, just a second.
Um, yeah. Mike needs a moment, guys. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Bay, somebody just got obliterated. Ooh. Here we go. <laughs> Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. So, uh, yeah, like Richard's like uh, prosecuting this bad guy from the Green Mile. And like, we know he's guilty because he said some shit. And like, then the, he gets threatened and he's like, yo, if you don't blow this case, Richard, we're going to blow you up. And Richard's like, I got to do what I got to do. And he gives like a close of his life, looks him in the eye and he's like, yo. And Bobby's like, and they lose and he's guilty. And like this old lady's like, you leave in that parking spot. But she was a front, y'all. And I felt it coming. I was just joking about him getting dead. But then he got dead, y'all. Richard is dead. And Helen lived to tell another day. Now, I, I did kill a DA. I did predict it, but it was the wrong one. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel um, guilty. <laughs> I can't explain it. <laughs> I'm sad because I make fun of Richard Bay a lot. And uh, I just I just feel a little sad. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, a lot just happened there. And when, while you were doing that, uh, Charlie just found my uh, the cord to my headphones and pounced on it and almost pulled me off my chair. So now I'm trying to convince him to stop eating my foot uh, during the oopsies. So, uh, so there it is. All right. All right. Well, we have a lot to discuss and we have a lot of fake awards to hand out in a segment we call... Ladies and gentlemen. Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, Goddamn lawyering God good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Right, screaming, honey. Not Sorry. to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now... Here are your I think hosts, I startled the neighbors. Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, they're a fake award show where apparently your neighbors, <laughs> you scared your neighbors. Yeah, we got a pound, I think. Amazing. I was yelling That's loud. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> all right, uh, let's hand out some. Charlie! Who do you think is the most valuable lawyer, Charlie? Oh, I hope he farts right in your face. Oh, my God. He has been... he You know, he was bored for almost all of the podcast. Now he is desperate to play and is biting my hands. So but We're uh, going to play We're gonna play in like 10 minutes, okay? Charlie, I think I mentioned it earlier in the episode, if you were listening. If I was in Richard's shoes, I would have folded like uh, something you fold. And... Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yet he stood in it. He gave one of his Richard Bay uh, signature DA speeches to Helen about how he can never uh, continue his career if he doesn't do the right thing here, and he does the right thing, and he wins the case, and then he gets shot for it. So he paid the ultimate price, and uh, the ultimate price deserves the ultimate award, which is the uh, MBL oopsie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I thought he did. He did great. He did brave work. He did good work. And uh, this is our first, I believe it's our first posthumous oopsie. Well, uh, for a fictional character, yes, because I believe uh, Raymond Oz won a couple oopsies and he's, of course, passed on. Oh, well, yes. I mean, but within, in canon, I think it yes. is our first posthumous oopsie. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Richard Bay. Wow. Okay.
coming up next. Uh, have, have you stretched? Are we too sad to dance? Let, let's do it. Let's do a sad version of the absolutely, dance. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Already famous because you've been on TV, getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way to go! Oh. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Yeah, it's got to be the bad guy, right? I mean, it's Percy. Yeah, it's Doug Hitch- Hutchinson. Yeah, I mean, he was... Uh, I mean, uh, Peyton, aside, Peyton, Manning, Peyton Manning was a good dum-dum. Don't get me wrong. Peyton was great. Peyton was great. But yeah, I mean, in order to have like a major thing happen like this, like killing off one of your series regulars, you have to have a villain worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And you have to have somebody who is really bringing it. And, and Hutchinson In does, one episode. Like, it's not like he got a couple episodes to lead up to it. Right. Right. So, I mean, I thought I thought he was great. Thought he, I mean, he's very compelling. Uh, and, you know, I I mourn him being who he is in real life because I really wish that he were performing more because I, I really like his work. But he's, uh, you know, it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah. So, congratulations, uh, Doug Hutchison, for being uh, terrifying. Coming up next... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show Well, um, you know, Richard Bay has become so synonymous with Richard Bay I've forgotten the name of the actor who plays him Jason Kravitz Jason Kravitz And, uh You know, what I think is pretty cool about the episode, uh, you know, as much as they were telegraphing this, they weren't really, you know, like you never, you never really saw it. Like the, the, the practice and what we can talk about this spare tires is pretty, has a pretty, uh, a pretty strong ability to, at least for me, (laughs) keep me on the edge of my seat and have me not really know where we're headed or, you know, get caught up in the red herrings or kept off kilter. And they did it again here. I mean, I was, interestingly, I was joking about Helen dying and so kind of played into the the threat of, of someone getting killed a little bit more than I actually believed it. As I said in the episode, I think, like his name's in the credits. Like it doesn't, it's not the season right, finale. Right. It's the penultimate episode. So it doesn't really line up for what we saw. Which I think is the is the ultimate kind of uh, switcheroo. They 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 definitely gave it away to me when with the old lady. We fought, anytime you follow somebody to their car, in the last few moments of an episode of any show, something's going right, down. Right. And then him with the ju- jumps, the second jump scare. It you know we could talk about the tropes in a moment, but uh, his acting. Uh, the defiance that you know we've seen from him from the beginning, and I thought often in the storylines it was wasted on him having to defend himself physically. And right. I'm glad that once again I feel sort of like Marla, like they they recognized what they had in a certain character, they promoted him to the full cast, and right. gave him more meaty stuff. And he just showed such a single mindedness. They he, he portrays Richard's drive his sort of singular focus and drive really well. And we saw intensity here. 
we saw that same drive with an undercurrent of fear. We saw he didn't overplay his hand when he was being held at gunpoint. He just showed us subtlety. He showed us intensity. He showed us a, a great dead face, too. Not everybody's got a great dead face. He had a great dead face. And uh, I think it's kind of awesome that, thinking back to the episode now with the context of his actually death, like the the hero shots that I was mocking were actually really mm -hmm. effective and really great. Um, he paid the price, right? We talk about it yeah. a lot in the episode, but he paid yeah. the price. Yeah. And the question I have lingering is like, look, clearly this guy was a psychopath and what happened was gonna probably happen, but there is some culpability to discuss when it comes to Helen, when it comes to, I mean, what was she gonna tell him, lose? You know, I, but there was probably channels here and ways to operate and... Ray Abruzzo could have like forced the security at least after the trial. He they probably could have had a car for him to go. You know, like well, they 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 should not have allowed him to wave off security. And Bobby and and Helen, look, I know, I don't know. There was a not Helen, uh, Eleanor. <sighs> there was a lot of like just getting steamrolled by this this by Percy by crazy guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, 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 sorry, I get ahead of myself. Richard Bay and uh, Jason Kravitz, I hope uh, you left because you've booked other work uh, because we're going to miss you for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yes, we're still in Best Actor. Uh, yes, uh, obviously, I thought uh, Jason Kravitz did a, uh, a killer job. And uh, congratulations on uh, your last Best Actor, it would seem. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, Let's do the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Well, Tommy. Oh, wait. Uh, before I forget, let's um, let's look at Tom from last week. Uh, <laughs> this one uh, is uh, physiologically impossible, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is why <laughs> his feet are going the wrong way. His head is too big. I mean, this one's really. Really key. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't my best effort, okay? <laughs> I found a lot of joy in it. A lot of joy in it. Uh, that's why I'm wearing my Eagles hat. I'm really showing Philly pride, even though we uh, are terrible. Um, I mean, I guess we have to have... Uh, we don't know if we've done it before, but this time we're going to do it. I think we, think we had Tom Brady's severed head once before, didn't we? We've had him dead in a uh, in a desk. Okay, well, this Lucy's time... desk drawer. He's... Uh, uh, overkill dead Tom Brady, since clearly Richard Bay was shot just a few too many times than were necessary. So we're going to have overkilled Tom Brady, uh, oh, how, no. however however you want to approach that. And could do it without ending up in prison. Yes, yes, yes. Satire. <laughs> Make sure to put a star and satire only at the bottom. <laughs> a satired, overkilled Tom yes, Brady. yes. <laughs> okay, well, congratulations, satire overkilled Tom Brady for winning the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. There's only one last thing to do before we can all move on with our lives, and that is... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Um, this is actually, um, a little bit difficult because I... I don't have a lot of time to process this whole thing. I was, 
the whole time joking about him getting killed um, just to fit in with my stuff, but it really did happen. And I it, I have to think back now whether I think they did it well or not. Um, I did not believe it was going to actually happen, f- full, full context. I thought it was going to either be just like a fake out or you know, like something would happen to lead us into the, the season finale. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested as to what's going to happen in the season finale, though, because they kind of just shot their shot. Their shot. Um, we, we got some great scenes, some excellent antagonist acting, some great hero acting. Bobby and Helen, Bobby and Helen and Eleanor were all sort of there to just kind of push the plot along. It was really Jason Kravitz's episode. I should no. It was Jason Kravitz and what's his bucket? Bad guy. Oh, Doug Hutchinson. Doug Hutchinson. Yeah. They really carried this, and I thought, well, I mean, it's it's one of those end of the season sort of hyper uh, dramatized episodes. So it's not like our fave. I wasn't psyched up like the Bobby McRambo thing. Sometimes, you know, I kind of get, um, I don't know. I'm a little, oh no. Oh. <laughs> you did it to yourself, Damn not it. me. <laughs> um, I don't know. I liked it quite a bit, uh, but I don't know that it was like perfectly handled. And I don't know what it does for like the whole arc of like, there's gotta be fallout, right? So maybe the season finale is just the fallout from this. I liked it. I, they got me. So, I mean, that counts for something. And even with being super murdered, it still doesn't, it didn't reach the point of like too much like Bobby McRambo, which I think I still right. gave like a too high score to in retrospect. You did. Um, but I did, I, I, I mean, I shouted so loud that I freaked out my neighbor. So, I mean, that that's, that is a testament I, to. It's got to count for something. Good writing. Uh, eight. Point six five killing me. Eight point six five. Eight point six five. Okay, yeah. It's an inch. It's a. It's a crazy episode. I mean, obviously, uh, and there, I'll talk about the things I like, and then talk about the things that I think could have been better. Um, really liked uh, the performances. Hutchison was great. Uh, Kravitz was terrific in this episode. Uh, I loved the stakes. The stakes were very high. Um, and so, and and I think the the construction of it was pretty good. I mean, I liked the, the direction. The hero shots, I think, were um, a little bit give it away. Mm-hmm. That, that I wish that I had seen it... Um, I wish I could have seen it fresh, you know, to really judge it again. Um, but I, I really liked that part of it. Whoa. I think the oh, I'm giant. Um, whoa, I'm I'm I got I got blowed up. I I got blowed up this time. Um, I think they did tip their hand a little too hard, and. I, I wish that we had gotten some piece of it that would, because I understand you have to set it up and you have to, and, and you think the episode's going to be about his fear. It's going to be about the suspense. It's going to be about the the effects of a threat like this on a character. And had the episode ended 
with him afraid in the car and not be not yeah. be shot and and like he and he's he breaks down because of the consequences of that threat and then that becomes a storyline for the character then i think they handled it exactly right but the fact that they were going to go ahead and kill him um a couple couple things one i would have liked uh a bigger storyline setup um, if you're going to kill off one of your major characters, I don't want to do it in one episode. I don't want to do it yeah. in a one episode bad guy. You know, that's where you want Hinks to do it. You want somebody we've spent some time with and paying something off as it just felt abrupt. Um, the other thing I would have liked from it is, uh, Charlie, don't eat the TV, uh, <laughs> is uh, one more layer of complexity to the story. And because why does he kill him now? Right? He's already been convicted. He's going to jail. What is the upside in killing Bay now? Is it just revenge? Right. Uh, if there were, uh, if we saw, if we zoomed out a little bit and we saw more of uh, Hutchinson's business, maybe there were uh, the cartel above him that wanted to set precedent for what happens to the next person that they try to prosecute to you know so that if the cartel is like hey if you do this we're going to kill you but there's no upside for Hutchison himself to take out bay <laughs> i frozen i know i froze <laughs> everybody enjoy my stupid face my stupid frozen face. <laughs> I, oh. There I am. <laughs> My stupid frozen face has killed Mike. I didn't have any recourse. I didn't know how to get you back. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, any, anyway, I would have liked an element of a better reason for him to have killed Bay after being found guilty. Um, that that if there was some other piece, some other reason, some other complexity to the story, as opposed to just flat out revenge after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so those those are all of my thoughts. I did like the episode. Um, obviously, it's a you know it's like a seminal groundbreaking episode. Uh, because it is the first time we've killed off one of our major characters. So, like, that's a that's a thing. Uh, so, all told, I think I'm going to be pretty close to you. I'm going to give it an 8.27 spare tires. Okay. And uh, clearly, this is an homage to... Uh to Richard Bay on our on our it's a, uh, it's a send off it's a send off to Richard Bay here it is thank you for your service I'm sorry you're leaving the show because I really like Jason Gravitz yeah that's I'm like I said I, I imagine he had another gig it, it seems silly to just kill off a, a good episode especially when Helen and him still haven't had their date he uh he didn't uh actually oh. according to the trivia David E. Kelly called him up and said like I'm so sorry you're great but we don't know what to do with your character Oh man, that double sucks. That double sucks. But that phone call does absolve me. It wasn't my fault, turns out. Yeah, see? Wasn't your fault. Okay, folks. Uh, you have gotten through another episode of the Out of Practice Podcast. 
If you would like to write in and tell us what you thought, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can check out our blog at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. You can do us a huge favor. It really, really helps. And join the jury. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or another service of your choice. Let us know. We will read it and welcome you to the jury. This episode is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Masanova. You know, you can join them, folks, if you want to. Uh, it's your prerogative entirely. Uh, you can do so by one-time donation, monthly contribution, as some of our sponsors do. And, uh, you know, click the links in the show notes. Uh, you can also just tell a buddy. You know what I mean? And uh, send us, like, a tech dude, because it's just... Keith's out of sync. I can't get any of the things right. I mean, look, this was four hours. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. going to wait till the trailer runs out a couple more seconds. <laughs> you know, thanks to CEO Jen for this coffee. And let me tell you, if what you don't slip days? on that banana peel, if you make it through to the end, just remember... Yeah. If you don't join the jury, I'm going to murder you with laser sounds. Laser sounds.